Art is my cure to all this madness, sadness, and loss of belonging in the world. And through it, I'll walk myself home. Hello and welcome to episode 536 of Under the Cull of MS. This is just going to be a Friday MS style episode, MS and Health. That was a little quote by Nikki Rowe. And we are going to talk about a variety of things, starting with gut bacteria. It's like, it's good to have a good gut biome, happy gut, happy life, healthy life. Uh, But always go over everything with your doctors first. Make sure they agree with your plans or what you want to try or they give you any suggestions that they might think of otherwise that you might want to try that might be safer for you. But it's good to focus on your probiotics and prebiotics and see where your gut is. And if you watch your stools, (laughs) check your poop and it should look like a ripe banana. If your gut's in happy mode, uh, if not, then you may have to do some adjustments or change up your diet a little or something like that. Get some yogurt in you, good yogurt, by using like the, I like Oikos. Oikos, I feel, is a really well-made yogurt. It's got simple ingredients you can understand, and it works for me. It works wonderfully with me, with my probiotics and stuff, and I don't have no weird side effects, but when I have it, I know that I've had it. So it definitely has helped me. I get it when it's on sale, of course. Uh, If it's not on sale for a while, I'll pick up a couple little cups of it and have those a few days apart just to keep it in my keep something good in the gut biome but my favorite one is their uh, i think it's like a lemon meringue one although the i feel like the recipe's been changed a little bit it used to be more lemony but might have just been a certain batch that they're running out of certain stuff or something that's one of my favorites and then of course like blueberry strawberry those are always top ones on my list not big on the zeros. I can't remember what the net zero or whatever they are. They got zero. They're black labeled. Those I'm not big on. I think they might have that. Oh, uh, uh, that one funky, supposedly healthier sugar. I got. Uh, starts with an S, I think. I got like Stevex or Stevia, I think it's called. But I could be wrong. They could use something else. Who knows? But I don't like the taste of those. But gut bacteria is affected by DMTs, according to new studies. One species that was decreased, the Phacalobacterium prosnitzia which is known to have anti-inflammatory properties and MS is caused by inflammation. So they found a depletion of potentially beneficial bacteria and the future is designer probiotics they're planning on messing around with. So all treatments have different outcomes, some increase bacteria and some decrease other bacterias and I'm sure they're, excuse me, that little dry crackly throat phone on here. I'm going to take a swig of water here in a second. But yeah, it's like they're researching that and hopefully they can come up with some probiotics that pinpoint certain bacterias and focus on certain things. And then we can maybe get a, a simple blood test that could explain to us which bacterias our bodies craving and has too much of or whatever so they can design the probiotic around that 
uh, I love this cup because I'm in my basement. It's one of those metal metal water cup cups, and I fill it with ice and water, and that the ice lasts up to three days in there before it's fully melted. It's just awesome. <laughs> so that way, I, don't, I can just keep a bottle bottle of water on the side down here and just top it off when need be and not have to constantly run up and fill it full of ice. It's just, this one works the best for that. But lid-wise, it's, eh, it's a smaller lid, but I like my big lid. I can pull off my upstairs cup, but this works good for a basement cup, but I don't know why I'm talking about that. <laughs> it's good to find water containers drink of drinking containers that you can enjoy and they can keep your drinks hot or warm or however you want them and they help with your gut bacteria too it needs water it needs to be flushed out and if you get into like kimchi and stuff like that that might help with things uh it's just you kind of got to listen to your body and watch what comes out of your body. <laughs> it's good for the blood to get the yearly blood test and go over those results. But sadly, unless you request certain things, a lot of things might not be on your blood test, like your vitamin D or vitamin B. Uh, I know some of the main vitamins for MS are A, B vitamins, except for, I think, B8. We might have too much in our body, but I, I, this month I changed over from B12 to a B complex just because I know there's like B1 and a few different B vitamins that benefit us. And it's with having them all in the B complex, I figure what the heck, I'm going to try that for a while, see if I notice a difference from when I did the folic acid and when I did just the B12. Uh, I know. So vitamin A, I'm not on yet, but I recently found out that's a thing that many MSers should be on, I guess. But like I said, you got to talk to your doctor to find out. And vitamin E is vitamin A, B vitamins, D vitamin, of course, for most of us are low on D vitamin and we add those to our routine, and then E-vitamin. I know I originally got on that to help with my liver enzymes and all that stuff, but I recently found out that that is one that many MSers need to add to their routine too, but check with your doctor first. But yeah, gut bacteria is one thing that I truly believe is the key to healthy happiness. I, uh, if your body's producing the right things in the gut, and I believe you, you definitely feel better. You notice it more, and it keeps helps you with. And if you have bowel problems and stuff, that could definitely be a key to helping with those issues and just things that you should watch out for and and if you got the runs every day or or problem going to the bathroom and stuff that's there's probably a reason and there's something wrong with your gut and it's trying to tell you that it needs a little boost of something in it to make it feel a little bit better. Okay, I see my computer's going to be stubborn this morning. I don't know why it's pulling this crap with me. But between yogurts, uh, things like kimchi, and... Uh, Oh, what the heck is the drink that everybody has that it's a good probiotic drink? I don't know. If you go in your health section, you'll find all that stuff. 
usually they have the health healthy drink section near the vegetables and all that stuff, vegetables and fruits. Uh, and of course, your leafy greens, your cabbages, your other vegetables, uh, broccoli, cauliflower, those are all key ones to keep in your system. But let's see, LDN. Have we thought about this? I know people have brought it up to me, and it's like, have you ever tried low dose naltrexone? What is it? Low dose naltrexone. I believe this is how they say it, LDN. But LDN has been shown to improve pain symptoms and quality of life in some individuals with multiple sclerosis an autoimmune disorder of the brain and spinal cord, the central nervous system, that impairs nerve communication. This disease strips away the coating of cells of the brain and nerves, called myelin, leading to problems with pain, movement, speech, and cognition, and bladder, bowel, and all kinds of other things. At higher doses, naltrexone, is better known for its use in the treatment of alcohol use disorder and opioid use disorder. When used at doses prescribed for substance abuse disorders, naltrexone is what's known as a competitive antagonist at opioid receptors. In other words, it blocks the effects of opioids and other drugs like alcohol that work on opioid receptors. Naltrexone is not an opioid, it is not addictive, and it can be used safely and without the risk of addiction. Okay, so that's obviously not what I was thinking it was used for in the past. So it's like, if you're on LDN, why would you even bother using opioids or drinking if it's not going to affect you? But I guess if you want to enter a drinking contest or something, that might help. But <laughs> I don't know. It's, I've noticed that a lot with the medications that they have for multiple sclerosis. I was on those pain medications that ended up in that pain patch that I got really sick off of. And those medications are also used to get people off opioid addiction, which I've never been addicted to opioids. I understood what, how easy it is to get addicted to them because I've been on a good variety of opioids over the years and I know the effects and I've always, I wasn't a person that used them all up or anything like that. I used them when I needed them and then stopped when I didn't and then just held on to them in case I needed them in the future. But then ended up just, Taking them to the pharmacy and doing them in the pill drop to get rid of them so they didn't end up in the water system. The water supply. But for MS, naltrexone is used at lower doses than it is for substance use disorders. At low doses, naltrexone shows anti-inflammatory properties and pain-relieving effects. Low-dose naltrexone is not used for the treatment of multiple sclerosis directly. That is, it's not a disease-modifying therapy. But LDN can help manage difficult symptoms such as chronic pain. Naltrexone is not approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, for this use. But your doctors may still prescribe it for MS pain relief in what's called off-label use. Science supports the use of LDN for multiple sclerosis and other chronic pain disorders. For example, LDN has been scientifically shown to help complex regional pain syndrome and refractory chronic lower back pain. In another study involving people with fibromyalgia, LDN reduced inflammation inflammation-causing substances known as cytokines and decreased fibromyalgia-associated pain and symptoms. 
So yeah, I'm really surprised that that was never offered as an option to me when I was looking for decent, reasonable, actual, useful pain relief medications. And they just kept putting me on all these other things that I did not want. And instead of giving me things that I suggested, and of course, the things that they gave me, I had reactions to, I didn't like, so I went off them. So I would like to try this LDN low dose in the track zone and see if it does help me at all with some of those issues. But see, researchers found that LDN treatment resulted in significant improvement on quality of life measures related to mental health and pain. They suggest that MS is associated with lower levels of a substance that plays a role in maintaining cell health called opioid growth factor and enkephalin in one study. Enkephalin levels in individuals with multiple sclerosis were improved by taking LDN, which may help relieve MS symptoms. Other research has shown that naltrexone has protective effects in the brain. LDN may also prevent inflammatory processes from being in the beginning in the first place, specifically levels of IL-6 and TNF-alpha, both of which are pro-inflammatory or inflammation-causing markers in MS and are reduced by following LDN treatment. This effect may reduce neuropathic pain Keep in mind that you or a loved one is considering taking naltrexone. It cannot be taken with opioid pain medications. It prevents opioid drugs from working by competing against them inside the brain. That's interesting. I wonder how they fight it, fight it out with each other. Uh, although LDN appears to be promising off-label drug treatment for pain symptoms associated with multiple sclerosis, it is not a cure. Also remember that LDN is not approved by the FDA for treatment of MS. Finally, never start taking any drug without first consulting your doctor or physician. And then if you can go on different sites and talk with people that have used that or worked with it or have talked to people about it and see what kind of information they can give us. Uh, future mobility with my gait getting worse and worse. I've been researching different devices and stuff, especially because eventually me and the wife, if we're able, would like to get back out west and if we do, we'll be in the mountain areas and I want to be able to get around in certain spots like I used to. And they have a few cool devices out there that have been uh, upgraded for off-road use and stuff like that. But one I really like that I'm hoping that I can afford to pick up one someday. But they have a train Terrain Hopper, T-E-R-R-A-I-N-H-O-P-P-E-R. Just go on trainhopper.com if you want to check it out. But it's the ultimate off-road wheelchair. The impressive mobility power scooter designed with distinctive looks and extreme off-road capabilities. It's, they have a variety of different disability and mobility style scooters to choose from. I just love the way these look. I love that they got the roll cage frame and they don't have it overhead, but they at least have it on the sides and stuff. So if you tip over on the side, that's beneficial. Uh, they have quite the price tag on them at the moment. I mean, these are all priced in euros. You're looking about 14,000 euros for one of these. Maybe a little more, depending on what kind of brand. Well, 
They do have a cheaper one for around 10,000 euros. But yeah, I'd love to see these. I mean, all the ones I see are sold, so I don't know. I would assume they're still making them. And if not, by looking at these, if I could get back into the old bike shop or something, I could probably design one of these myself pretty simply. Just put a nice racing seat in a nice framed unit with some good gripping bulky off-road tires. And then, I don't know, I could probably run it off either an electric motor nowadays because they got... Pretty decent, small-sized electric motors to have good power. Or I could go with, like, a chainsaw motor or something like that. Go the go-kart style. Build it off that that type of thought and simplistic device-wise item to get around. But personally, in my older disabled age, I'd rather buy something ready to go. And I love the way these looks. Yeah, the price tag's a little crazy so far. And I've seen other ones that weren't as fancy as these that were cheaper, but also off-road capable, but not the same style vehicles. They're under a different name. I know I've talked about them in the past on my podcast, but I can't think of them at the moment. That's why I do these podcasts. I can go back in and look at stuff, but it is hard to find things I want to find when I have over 500 episodes so far. (laughs) So, plus now I'm doing the videos. It does make it harder to research stuff. Uh, Working with your gut biomes, making your gut happy and stuff. Let's. You want to build a diet around a happy body and a happy gut and all that too. So let's look into some carbs. Uh, some low, car- low carb foods that taste good. Basically the carb content for standard servings and carbs in a 100 gram portion is at the end of each. Oh no, that's. Not what we're, never mind. <laughs> Skip that. But eggs. Eggs and all types of meat are close to zero carbs. Organ meats are an exception, such as liver, which contains about 4% carbs. But we're going to go over a bunch of low carb foods that might benefit you in the long run. Uh, eggs are low in carbs and contain a wide range of healthy nutrients. Eating eggs has links to improved memory in older age and a reduced rate of eyesight degradation. Beef is highly satiating and contains important nutrients like iron and vitamin B12. There are dozens of different types of beef from ribeye steak to ground beef to hamburger. just depends on your how rich your tastes are. (laughs) Lamb, like beef, lamb contains many beneficial nutrients, including iron and vitamin B12. Lamb tends to be high in the beneficial fatty acid, conjugated linealic acid, CLA. Chicken is among the world's most popular meats. It's high in many beneficial nutrients and an excellent source of protein. Yeah. We pretty much, meaning me and my wife, transferred over to more chicken and turkey meats. Got away from a lot of the red meats, but now that I'm a caretaker for someone who likes their red meats, I have gone back to cooking with it more, but I will usually make kind of a more vegetarian portion also for me and the wife. Yeah, it's like when I make chilies, it's like I usually make my bean chili, which I'll do the canned beans and all that stuff, the tomatoes, the tomato juice. Then I'll add some uh, ranch seasoning to kind of give the chili a little 
kick up in flavor and you don't really notice that it's just an all bean chili and of course you put celery and stuff like that in there it's just we really enjoy that but then with being a caretaker i started adding meat to it but then just to make people happier with the ingredients and then kind of if i needed to i'd split it in half or something keep one batch that's just bean one batch that has meat and then that way i can portion them out and it works nicely that way, splitting it in half before I add the meat to it, and going from there. But, uh, there are many forms of pork products, with bacon being a common part of low-carb diets. However, bacon is a processed meat, so some bacon products may contain additional ingredients that raise its carbohydrate content, so it's important to check the nutritional content of any bacon product before adding them to the diet and try to buy your bacon locally without artificial ingredients and ensure not to burn it during cooking. Uh, you can go to your local meat market and that you can get nice and depending on where you live and in Wisconsin, most of our meat markets come from nice grass fed beef. So you're getting a little healthier content that way, but, I mean, everybody, there's so many people are obsessed with bacon. I don't care for it. It doesn't, I, I'll, I'll eat it, but it's not something I go out for. It's like we, if we, we used to get the chicken, or the chicken bacon ranch uh, sub at Subway. And when we ordered it, we always asked for the bacon on the side because we gave it to our dogs and now that I don't have the dog we asked if we can just have the bacon not put on it it's not something that enhances the flavor for us me and the wife don't care and I feel for the pig industry I, I don't like the mistreatment of animals and all that crap and so I try to back off on things like that as much as possible, but that's why me and the wife are more into the veggies, but we're not full-fledged vegetarians by far, but uh, it's just, we try to lighten up on things, but pork is a wonder, pork tenderloin, I love cooking, pork chops are great, I make a little uh, rice dish to go with the pork chops, and then pork chops and rice. You can use like a canned soup. Mix it in with your rice. Like a cream of celery or something like that. And it just gives it a nice little moist side dish to go with your dried pork. But we also cook our pork further than... Most people, because my wife doesn't like the rawness of meats, and I'm not big on it either. So we don't cook our pork where it's still pink and bleeding in the inside. We cook it where it's cooked all the way through. So and then jerky. People can cut and dry various cuts of meat to make jerky, as long as it doesn't contain added sugar or artificial ingredients. It can be a useful low-carb snack, however, like bacon. Some jerky products are highly processed and may contain added ingredients. This may be true of highly seasoned or specially flavored products. Making it yourself can help ensure it's a low-carb content. But yeah, you got to watch some of those art out there. There's a lot of them that can have... I've seen them be made, so I know there's sugars and all that, that stuff in with the seasonings. But I'm running out of time on this portion of the show. I will end it here and get back with some more health stuff right after this. All right, let's get back to those low-carb foods. Uh, a few more meats that are low-carb and healthy would be turkey, veal, venison, and bison. And then let's check out some seafood. 
things like salmon is one of the most popular types of fish among health conscious individuals for a good reason. It's a fatty fish, which contains significant amounts of heart healthy fats. In this case, omega-3 fatty acids also contains B12, iodine, and a decent amount of vitamin B3. Uh, and most of these are zero or very low carbs. Uh, trout is a type of fatty fish rich in omega-3 fatty acids and other important nutri- nutrients. Sardines are oily fish that you typically eat whole, including their bones. They are particularly nutrient-dense food that can contain high amounts of calcium, selenium, and vitamins B12. I mean, make sure you know what your numbers are if you're getting into some of these things, too, because you don't want to have high calcium or high D3 high vitamins like D3 in your system. You want to make sure your numbers are in a good place. Most shellfish are low in carbs and contain high quantities of many nutrients. In fact, they rank close to organ meats in their nutrient density. Other low-carb fish and seafood are shrimp, haddock, lobster, herring, tuna, cod, catfish, and halibut. Uh, a lot of people will go out for in the Midwest and stuff for Friday fish fry, thinking they're getting haddock. Most of the time, it's going to be cod. Cod's uh, more plentiful. It's gotten less and less finding haddock. So, if you're going out for those Friday fish fries. If you want to go healthy, you're going to want to go bake. But even there, when you're going to a restaurant, whether it's deep fried or baked, deep fried may have the breading on it. But the bake's going to be soaked in butter unless you request something, some other means of cooking by it. But even then, a lot of times they're going to use the containers they use for the other stuff, which is going to have residue left from the other fish and stuff like that. I worked in tons of kitchens. It's like you can request special privileged items, but. A lot of times the cooks are going to be mad that you did and just slap it together the way they want. So, uh, Some vegetables that are low-carb friendly foods. Broccoli is a tasty cruciferous vegetable that you can enjoy raw or cook in many different ways. It's high in vitamin C, K, and fiber and contains potent cancer-fighting plant compounds. Tomatoes are technically fruits or berries, but many people classify them as vegetables. They're high in vitamin C and potassium. Onions are common in many dishes and add powerful powerful flavor to your recipes. They're high in fiber, antioxidants, and various anti-inflammatory compounds. And we're coming up on spring where all the baby bugs like to start coming out, out of their pouches and out of their ground and wherever and I tend to get stung by some type of bee or wasp in spring when I'm like mowing the lawn and I go over a ground nest or something like that and piss them off and all the little babies come out and start attacking me. (laughs) Uh, One thing is if you do get stung, take a slice of onion, put it over the stinger, wrap it up if you have a some type of skin wrap or something that you could wrap it on there and keep it in place for a few hours or whatever, and it will pull the stinger out of your flesh. It's a nice little tip to use. It worked every time I've tried. And then if you want to kind of like denegify your, or denegate, negify, whatever, uh, your environment around you. Take a onion, cut it in half, leave it on a bowl on your end table on the side of the bed or something like that. When you wake up in the morning, that thing might look pretty nasty, but it's because it's collecting the bacteria from around you. It's interesting how powerful an onion can be. 
Brussels sprouts are highly nutritious vegetables that are part of the same cruciferous family as broccoli and kale. They are high in vitamins C and K and contain numerous beneficial plant compounds. I love Brussels, pickled Brussels sprouts in my old fashions. <laughs> uh, but I'm sure those aren't good for you. Uh, cauliflower is a versatile vegetable that can you can use to make various interesting dishes in your kitchen. It's high in vitamin C, K, and folate. Uh, kale is a very popular vegetable among health-conscious individuals, offering numerous health benefits. It's got high levels of fiber, C and K, and carotene antioxidants. But I gotta go do something, so I will get back with more of these in a bit. So hang on, and we're going to have a third portion of the show. <laughs> All right, let's get through some more of these carbs. <laughs> See how many segments we're going to turn this one into today. Uh, you can have eggplant. It's another fruit that people... That's a fruit? I did not know eggplant was a fruit. Okay. It's a fruit that people commonly consume as a veg, vegetable. It has many interesting uses and is very high in fiber. Cucumber is a popular vegetable with a mild flavor. It consists mostly of water with a small amount of vitamin K. Bell peppers are popular fruits, vegetables. Well, they call those vegetables also. I mean, fruits also. Fruits or vegetables, they say. I got a cat jumping up on me. I got to get him set up in the papuska. <laughs> wrapped up in a blanket so I don't have to hold them. Uh, but yeah, they're bell peppers. They're high in fiber, vitamin C, and carotene antioxidants. Asparagus, which is awesome right now. We've been getting some good deals on it. It's highly delicious spring vegetable. It's very high in fiber, vitamin C, folate, vitamin K, and carotene antioxidants. And it contains more protein than most vegetables. And it's awesome in so many different versions. You can... We were talking about pork earlier. You can make a nice pork tenderloin with some asparagus with a little bit of garlic and lemon put on it. Uh, I like to add asparagus to breakfast. If you're going to do a breakfast scramble or a quiche or something like that, it's a good thing to add to your breakfast. And that way you're getting your asparagus, your eggs, you can throw some bell peppers in there, so mushrooms and whatever you want in it and perk it up a little bit with some other great benefits for your body. Green beans are basically technically legumes, but people often consume them similarly to vegetables. Uh, calorie for calorie, they're extremely high in many nutrients, including fiber, protein, vitamin C, vitamin K, magnesium, and potassium. Mushrooms, though they're technically not plants, many people categorize edible mushrooms as vegetables. I do. I mean, they're in the vegetable aisle, so I always considered them as a vegetable. They contain good amounts of potassium and are high in some B vitamins. And some MSers claim that things like lion's mane mushrooms, shiitake mushrooms, and stuff are beneficial to them in certain ways so you can research the different types of mushrooms these ones they're talking about are just based off the white mushroom uh, other low carb vegetables are celery spinach zucchini swiss chard and cabbage then we get into the fruits which again they're saying things that i would consider vegetables but i guess they're considered fruits the avocado is a unique type of fruit. Instead of being high in carbs, it contains high amounts of fats. They're also extremely high in fiber and potassium and contain decent amounts of other nutrients. Olives are another delicious high-fat fruit. It's very high in iron and copper and contains a decent amount of vitamin E. 
Strawberries are among the lowest carb and most nutrient-dense fruits you can eat. They're very high in vitamin C, manganese, and various antioxidants. Grapefruits are citrus fruits that are similar to oranges. They're very high in vitamin C and carotene antioxidants. The apricot is a delicious fruit. Each apricot contains few carbohydrates, but plenty of vitamin C and potassium. I like the dehydrated ones, but I don't know, unless I make them myself, I don't know how healthy they are when they're dehydrated. I think some people sprinkle sugars and stuff on those dehydrated fruits. Uh, other low-carb fruits are lemons, kiwis, oranges, mulberries, and raspberries. I wonder about, like, uh, boysenberries and stuff. Some of the more wild ones found out in the wild and stuff. Alright, let's look at nuts and seeds. We got almonds contain fiber and vitamin E and are a great source of magnesium. And they're incredibly filling. And they studies have shown that they may promote, promote weight loss. I love almond milk, even though it's mostly water. But walnuts are another delicious type of nut. It contains various nutrients and is particularly high in alpha-linolenic acid, ALA, a type of omega-3 fatty acid. Peanuts are technically legumes, although many people consume them like nuts, much as the name suggests. They're high in fiber, magnesium, vitamin E, and other important vitamins and minerals. Chia seeds, which I love them in my tea drink that I make with the chia seeds, the honey, the lemon, and cinnamon in my in just a hot cup of water, which I haven't had that in a while. I need to have those again now that I can't stand tea or coffee, see if I can enjoy that again. But the chia seeds are a popular health food. They contain high levels of many important nutrients and are usable in various low-carb friendly recipes. What's more, they're a rich source of dietary fiber. Other low-carb nuts and seeds are hazelnuts, macadamia nuts, cashews, coconuts, pistachios, flax seeds, pumpkin seeds, and sunflower seeds. I use a flaxseed pill. <clears throat> every couple of days and just try and get the benefits even though I would gladly use it in different cooking when I am able to but, uh, some dairy products we got cheese as a common ingredient in low-carb meal plans it can be delicious on its own or as part of a recipe also highly nutritious a single thick slice contains a similar amount of nutrients as an entire glass of milk. And now cheese was bad for us for a while, and now it's good for us again, according to different studies. So it's always back and forth with dairy products, it seems. Heavy cream contains very few carbs and little protein, but is high in dairy fat. Some people on a low-carb diet put in Put it in their coffee or use it in recipes. A bowl of berries with whipped cream can be a delicious low-carb dessert. Full-fat yogurt is exceptionally healthy, containing many of the same nutrients as whole milk. Yet, thanks to its live cultures, yogurt also contains beneficial probiotic bacteria, which we were talking about earlier. Greek yogurt, also called strained yogurt, is thicker than regular yogurt. It's very high in many beneficial nutrients, especially protein. And then we get into the fats and oils, like butter is a common ingredient in various foodstuffs. From sandwiches to curries, choose grass-fed butter if you can, since it's higher in certain nutrients. Sometimes it's hard to find because it is more expensive butter, so... Uh, Certain stores don't like to carry it because it doesn't, it's not a popular seller. So, you might have problems trying to find that. Extra virgin olive oil is a staple on the heart healthy Mediterranean diet and contains powerful antioxidants and anti inflammatory compounds, 
I use it a lot through my cooking oil, but the one thing you got to watch when you go above 350, it's going to smoke. So if you're cooking above 325, 350, I suggest going with like an avocado oil or something like that. Just look into the different oils, read the bottles, see what they say, what whether they're for cooking or just for topping stuff or what temperatures they'll cook at. Other good low-carb fats are avocado oil, lard, and tallow. I thought lard was bad, but apparently not, according to this list. Beverages, things like water should be your go-to beverage, regardless of the rest of your diet. Coffee can be a healthful addition to the diet. It is also a large source of dietary antioxidants. Uh, studies show that coffee drinkers may live longer and have a lower risk of several serious diseases, including type 2 diabetes, Parkinson's disease, and Alzheimer's. But they're talking about black coffee. They're not talking about coffee loaded down with all these crappy sugary items in them. Tea, especially green tea, has been a subject of many studies. Green tea is rich in natural antioxidants, may even slightly boost fat burning. Club soda or carbonated water is water with carbon dioxide. It's perfectly acceptable in a low-carb diet as long as it's sugar-free. So read your labels to make sure. Then some other foods that could be beneficial, carb, low-carb-wise and beneficial to your health are dark chocolate, uh, which is a perfect low-carb treat. You want dark chocolate with at least 70 to 85% cacao or cocoa content. This ensures that it doesn't contain much sugar. It's got numerous benefits such as improved brain function and blood pressure. Herbs, spices, and condiments. There's almost an endless variety of delicious herbs, spices, and condiments you can use. Most of them are very low in carbs but pack a powerful nutritional punch and help add flavor to your meals. Some examples include salt. I like using the pink Himalayan sea salt myself, uh, pepper, garlic, ginger, cinnamon, mustard, and oregano. I've gotten with pepper now where I get the whole pepper and grind it myself. Uh, just because you never know what's in those things. It's like when I find... When I sat there and used Parmesan cheese that was finally sh shredded and stuff for years, and I found out that they could have, I think it was like 80% or something. It might not be that high. It was a ridiculous amount, though, of cardboard in their product. It's like I quickly learned to buy actual blocks of Parmesan and grind it myself after that. It's just ridiculous that they're allowed to do stuff like that. But it's good food. It's good for you, but not when it's full of cardboard. So <laughs> it could have been a lie that they told me, but yeah, who knows? Uh, if you want to get on a site, a good site that'll help you with understanding MS, living with MS, MS treatments and support and stuff, you got MS lifelines you can check out. That's a good one. Uh, also, Healthline is another one where I get a lot of information from. They send me so much stuff. It's just crazy the amount of stuff that they'll put out. But, uh, if you're sore from working out this time of year, it's a lot of people in the early parts of the year like to get in their routine before spring. And get in that bathing suit. Uh, diet mode. You might need a heating pad for your aches and pains. They got uh, different ones that they rated and reviewed. Uh, there's quite a few basic ones. Now this one I just bought for my caretaker E because she gets a sore neck a lot. And I'm curious because she's going to try it hopefully today. But they have the Sun, Sunbeam Renew Neck Heat Wrap. I don't know if that's the brand that I bought her, but it looks like ours. Ours was black and this one's gray. But you can get it through if you got your uh, over-the-counter 
program for, I think it was through Humana. I think it was in their shopping list. I found it. Or it could have been through the Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield one, which I use, but one of them had the neck heater, so I figured what the heck we'd try it out. There's the Inbo Spa Shiatsu Neck Massager. That's kind of interesting looking. I like that. It's got the little massager on it. Uh, and they got the Bitaford Micro Plush with Sherpa Electric Blanket. And it's... I'm not big on electric blankets. I'd rather have a weighted blanket myself. But if you need one, that would be the way to go. There's Sampley hot water bottle with knitted cover. I never really seen much benefit from a hot water bottle over the years. I've tried them ice and hot. And I don't know. I didn't feel like they gave it off, gave off the temperature as much as other devices. Uh, Urban Outfitters Huggable Uterus Cooling and Heating Pad. That's an interesting looking heating pad. It's got a smiley face and arms on it. There's Snappy Heat Reusable Gel Heat Packs. They got a lot of brands of those and they're not, they're cheap, but they don't last long. It's like the ones we use for hunting are the Hot Hands Hand Warmers, the Hand and Feet Warmers and stuff. I think the Hot Hands was the brand. But yeah, if you need a heating pad, those are some examples of some that you can find out on the market. But I say just look around, just punch in heating pad or neck heating or leg heating, depending on what you want. They have ones that can strap to your hips if you got hip pain and knee pain. All kinds of different beneficial versions of them. You just got to kind of watch and see what they got and all right last thing we'll end it with some standing ab exercises that can help strengthen your core and uh, just build yourself a routine around it but <clears throat> i'll just go over the basics of these and i can get too deep into them basically the side stretch where these are all standing exercises obviously but just Bring one arm up over your head on one side and stretch out and standing with your feet shoulder width apart and your arms down at your sides. Inhale and bring your arm, your right arm above your head while you lean to the left, stretching out your right side of the body. Exhale and return to the center and then repeat on the other side. There's chest opener where you stand with your feet shoulder width apart and your arms down at your sides. Inhale and clasp your fingers together behind your back. As you exhale, begin to lean backward in your torso, feeling your chest open to the room. There's forward fold where you stand with your feet close together. Inhale while you exhale, bend forward at your hips, bringing your head to your knees and your hands on the ground. Aim for straight legs as you do this. If needed, bend your knees slightly to allow your hands to reach the ground. There's hip circles. Stand with your feet shoulder width apart and your hands on your hips. With your feet firmly planted, begin to draw a circle with your hips going in a clockwise motion. As your hips get looser, widen the circles. Repeat going in counterclockwise directions. You always want to do the opposite. Yeah, yeah. The both directions so the joints get equal attention. Uh, there's hip hinge, where you stand with your sheet, with your sheet, with your feet shoulder width apart, and your hands on your hips, keeping your knees soft. Inhale and bend forward at the waist. Keep your back straight, shoulders back, and neck neutral. Bend forward until you feel a stretch in your hamstrings. Exhale and release back to standing. There's standing cat-cow, which I like doing this on my hands and knees. I don't know about standing, if you'll get as much of the good stretch as you do when you're on your hands and knees with this one. But bend at your waist and put your hands on your knees. Inhale and arch your back, dropping your head down. Exhale and turn your face upward, allowing your back to sink towards your thighs. 
standing bird dog where you stand with your feet together and your arms down at your sides. Inhale and simultaneously lift your right arm and left leg up, bending your left knee and keeping your right arm straight. Pause when your right fingers are pointing up towards the sky and your left thigh is parallel to the ground. Exhale and release, repeating on the other side. There's squats, where you stand with your feet shoulder width apart, toes slightly tilted upward. Keeping your chest up, begin to sit back in your hips, bending your knees and dropping your butt towards the floor. Allow your arms to come out in front of you and make sure your knees push out, not fall in. When your thighs reach parallel to the ground, push through your entire foot back to start. There's single leg deadlifts where you stand with your feet shoulder width apart and your arms down at your sides. Inhale, as you exhale, begin to bend at the waist, taking your left leg straight behind you and your arms straight in front of you. Take care that your hips don't open up, keeping them square to the floor. Keep a slight bend in your right knee, feeling the ground beneath you. Take your leg back as far as you can comfortably. The goal being that your body will form a straight line from fingers to toes. Then return to start and repeat on the other leg. There's wide side crunch. Where you take a wide stance and sit, sink down, bending your knees until your thighs are close to parallel. Place your hands behind your head. Inhale and bend your torso to the right, feeling the crunch in your right oblique. Exhale and return to center, repeating on the other side. You might want to have a chair around when you're doing some of these. If you have gait issues, it might be beneficial because I know I'll be tipping and tilting while I'm doing a lot of these. There's the knee tuck extension where you stand with your feet shoulder width apart and your arms bent. Hands behind your head. Bend your torso to the right while simultaneously bringing your right knee up, aiming to touch elbow to knee. Keep the movement concentrated to your side. Return to start. Then repeat on the other side. There's standing bicycle crunches where you stand with your feet shoulder width apart and your arms bent, hands behind your head. Bring your right knee and left elbow to touch in front of your body, twisting and crunching your torso. Return to start and repeat with the left knee and the right elbow. There's standing core stabilizers where you Hold the dumbbell by each end and stand with your feet shoulder width apart. Raise your arms out in front of you. Inhale and twist your arms and upper body to the left, allowing your left toe to pivot as you go. Stop when the dumbbell is directly to your side. Exhale and return to center. Repeat on the other side. And if you don't have dumbbells, you can use a can of soup or something like that. Just so you got a weighted item. There's reverse lunge with a twist. Start with your feet shoulder width apart with your arms either down at your sides or holding a dumbbell out in front of you. Step back into a reverse lunge with your right leg, allowing your torso and arms to twist over your left thigh. Come back to start and repeat with the left leg. There's a knee tuck extension with weights. Stand with your feet shoulder width apart and your arms bent. Bracing a dumbbell on each of your shoulders. Bend your torso to the right while simultaneously bringing your right knee up, aiming to touch elbow to knee. Keep the movement concentrated to your side. Return to start, then repeat it on the other side. There's a squat with front raise. Where you stand with your feet slightly wider than shoulder width apart and hold a dumbbell by each end, arms straight down in front of you. Begin to squat, sitting back in your hips while simultaneously completing a front raise. Stop when your thighs and arms are both parallel to the ground. Take care that your chest stays proud throughout the movement. We got overhead circles where you stand with your feet shoulder width apart and grip a dumbbell at both ends. 
extending your arms above your head. And mind you, the dumbbells they're using are small hand-sized weights that you can hold comfortably on the dumbbells, more like a small work, light workout one and not the big dumbbells with the heavy weights on them. Uh, so you're gripping the dumbbell at both ends and you're extending your arms above your head, keeping your feet planted, engage your core, and start to draw a circle in the air with your dumbbell, allowing your torso to rotate, go clockwise for a desert desired number of reps then counterclockwise there's a plank walkout this isn't standing see now they're getting away from the standing motion but start standing with your feet close together and your arms down at your sides drop into a forward fold putting your hands on the ground walk your hands out until your body reaches a high plank position Pause here, then walk them back to the forward fold position and return to start, which would be back to standing. There's the wood chop. A lot of these I feel you could do with a resistance band instead of weights. This one we did a lot at therapy over the years. But stand with your feet shoulder width apart and grip a dumbbell by each end, holding it to your right side. Squat down slightly, rotating your torso to the right. Keeping your arms extended, stand up, bringing the dumbbell up and across your body by twisting your torso. Allow your right foot to pivot and your torso to rotate to the left as you go. Return to the starting position and repeat. There's oblique bends where you, where you stand and hold the dumbbell in your right hand and down at your side. Engage your core and bend towards the right at your waist, allowing the dumbbell to drop towards the floor. Using your obliques, pull yourself back to start. Repeat for the desired number of reps. Then switch sides. This one's a good one for resistance bands. We got TRX oblique rollout. Where you start by standing in front of the TRX straps, adjusting. The, yeah, they're getting into... Things that require you to own certain things. So if you want to look these up, you can look them up under TRX items. But TRX oblique rollout, TRX hip drop. And then they got kettlebell windmill. Which they're getting into all kinds of devices here. A barbell landmine rotations. I mean, who's going to buy that device? It's a flexible pull on a ground base that, yeah, I don't see that being a popular thing to buy. But I'd rather just get resistance bands, which are cheap. And sometimes if you go to physical therapy, they'll give you exercise routines and give you a couple of resistance bands to use at home. And then you're not buying all these eyeball devices, but. I'd say check those out. Those are some good standing workouts because it's like with our, with my body, with having every cell in my body feeling like it's been beaten by a baseball bat 24-7. It's just all beaten and bruised feeling when I have to get down on the ground to work out. It's way more painful for me. So if I can do standing exercises or sitting exercises, or like I mentioned repeatedly that I love doing my chair push or stair push-ups when I walk up the stairs because I go up on my hands with my hands on the stairs anyways. So I'll stop in the middle and I'll do 10 push-ups every time I go up the stairs or so. And it's just, I can do a actual perfect push-up, but I'm at, I'm at like a 45 degree angle. That's why there's not so much weight and pressure on the wrist and stuff when you're doing it for a big guy it works out awesome so do what you can benefit that body let's get that gut biome happy do a few things to get that inflammation down and see if we can build a diet around it and then do a few exercises every day I mean, just even if it's 10-15 minutes I and mean, get a little bit of something in that body just to keep us 
moving. Uh, but I am running out of time, so be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. Get you out of Monster. And we will get back to you again sometime soon. So take care. Follow Under the Cowl of MS. Audio, video, YouTube, lots of stuff out there nowadays. I was going to drop the first five episode, 500 episodes into a PayPal platform. I'm going to leave it all free right now the way it is, except for there is a donation uh, tag in the show notes where you can send donations to help out with the show. So, but yeah, we'll get back to you again soon. So take care. Bye.